Welcome to Annasbrook Church. We hope this message from our Nelson City location pastor, Shannon Johnson, empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annasbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Every single day, every single one of us exists in a constant and ever-flowing state of formation. We, we, we can't escape it. We're rubbing up against life and people and things along our journey. And as we do this, these, these, these things, these moments, these people, these circumstances are shaping us and forming us. The question is not, are we being formed? The question is, into what or whose likeness are we being formed? And so we're exploring this idea of, as followers of Jesus, we want to be people that are formed and shaped and molded into the likeness, not of the world, but of God. And as we were exploring this idea, uh, we looked at what Dallas Willard refers to as the renovation of the heart. This formation isn't about polishing up the external and creating a facade that's shiny and sparkly. It's not a shallow or superficial work, but rather it's a deep and inward work. It's not a work that we tick off, you know, once and then it's done, but actually the process of spiritual formation is a process that exists every single day that there is air in our lungs. To the day that we pass from this life to the next, we never stop being formed into the likeness of Christ. And so we're talking about these ideas and I guess like, the naturally, like the questions that start arising from these conversations, like, all right, cool. So we're following Jesus. We're being formed into his likeness. How does this formation actually take place? Like, like what is the process of like, how are we formed into the likeness of God? You know, in this process, what is God's responsibility for this formational experience versus what's my responsibility and so that leads us into our next theme, which we're launching this morning, called Practicing the Way. So over the next few weeks, we are going to explore and unpack our spiritual practices that we observe Jesus engaging in and endorsing through the lens of the New Testament. Looking at Jesus and saying, we want to follow you, it only makes sense to look at who Jesus was, what Jesus said, what Jesus did in his formational experience and his preparations for the work that God was bringing him. And understand that obviously through those experiences, there's a certain amount of authority um, or authenticity that comes with them that we can actually find life in ourselves as we become followers of Jesus. So, we're going to start on this journey, on this theme, looking at a whole lot of lists of practices, spiritual practices, spiritual disciplines that Jesus engaged and endorsed. However, plot twist, I decided I'm not going to give you a single thing on the list today. <laughs> we're going to talk about some things, but today we're not. And I'll tell you why. Because I reckon there's a couple of things we need to talk about first before we talk about activity that we should be engaged in. Because I want to let you know that as we explore this list of spiritual practices, as we explore what it looks like to practice the way of Jesus, 
that this list of things does not exist to weigh us down with more should-dos or ought-tos, but rather this list exists so that we can prayerfully and experientially explore which of these practices will bring us more into a readied state of living in the presence and the purposes of God. I think it's really, really important we start there because we are like super, super good at creating long lists of things we should do, but we're not so good at creating lists of things we should stop doing. We're really, really good at just like stacking, stacking, stacking. And my fear is even if we're talking about the things that Christ has asked us to do, if we try and do them, but we're just stacking those things on top of our already busy, complicated, nuanced lives, then actually the very things that are supposed to bring us freedom will actually just weigh us down even more. So this morning, I wanted to start. We're going to have two prequels. This is the first prequel, and then next week, we're going to have the second part of the prequel. Today, I wanted to talk about the secret of the easy yoke. The secret of the easy yoke. Matthew chapter 11, verses 29 and 30, it says this. Jesus speaking. It says, take my yoke upon you. And learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Turns out I didn't set the iPad to no timeout. Sorry about that. It just went blank. It's back on. It says this in 1 John chapter 5, verses 3. His commands are not burdensome. Uh, it was a few years ago now. I don't actually know. It was, yeah, a long time ago, actually. But me and Danielle, um, one summer, we went for a walk into the Abel Tasman National Park. Um, give me a little wave if you've ever walked in there anything, whether it's just into Maha. Yeah, most of us. So we're familiar with the um, sort of territory, beautiful space. And uh, so we decided uh, we were with some friends that come up from Christchurch and we were going to walk from Maraha through to um, Totranui. So we decided to do it over three days. And uh, we uh, had a tent and staying two nights. And so we had got prepared for this journey and we had our packs on, all of the stuff that we thought we were going to need in preparation for this journey. And then we set off. Um, and it didn't take us too long into this walk that we realized like, We'd walk to these little beaches and bays and we'd get there. And pretty much on every beach, every bay, above the high tide line, there was like a stack of backpacks. And we're like, what's going on? And what had happened, what was going on was the fact that um, some people knew something that we didn't know. And that was this. You can get your bags dropped off by the aqua taxi. So you can enjoy the journey. You can enjoy the process, but you don't have to carry the burden along the way. I can tell you what, uh, it was the same journey, but there was a different burden going on between our experience and these people's experience. In fact, at one point, I'm like, this bag is so heavy that we actually stopped and started looking like quite early on what was in the back. Like what, Danielle had packed some things. And in this pack, there was literally like a full bag of apples. <laughs> like, so we had all the supplies, and on the bottom, I was like, ah, oh, 
Anyway, we, I, think, I think we quickly ate some apples just to lighten the load a little bit, and then we were on the way. But you understand the idea, right? Like, same journey, different burden. 1 John 5, chapter 3. It's so important we remind ourselves his commandments are not burdensome. His yoke is easy, his burden is light. Let me read you this quote from Dallas Willard. He says this, he said, too many, for too many, Jesus' words are frankly bewildering. We hear them quoted often. And because the idea they obviously express is one that attracts and delights, but there seems to be something about the way that we approach them, something that um, something about what we think it means to walk with Christ and obey Him that prevents most of us from entering into the reality which they express, the ease and the lightness and the power of His way we really enjoy, much less see as the pervasive and enduring quality of our street-level human existence. Here's a quote from Chesterton. He said this. He said, Christianity has not so much been tried and found wanting, as it has been found difficult and left untried. <laughs> I read that. It made me laugh. You know, there's just something about the human nature that likes to twist the relational aspect of how God wants us to enter into the life that He has promised us and twist it and cram it into rigid and religious containers. I know that myself, I find myself constantly having to fight against the urge of trying to work out like, methodologies or formulas that will just like make it tidy and clean when God is like, no, 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 no. It's not about rigidness and religion. It's about relationship. So what is the secret to the easy yoke? I just got one thought really that I want to focus in on this morning. It's this. I've already said it. What is the secret to the easy yoke? As we embark on this journey of practicing the way and looking at the practices of Christ that we can absorb into our own life. What is the secret to the easy yoke? I reckon it's this. We're supposed to swap burdens rather than stack burdens. It's really, really simple. That doesn't make it easy. <laughs> simple, yes. Easy, no. The secret to the easy yoke. We're not supposed to continually stack burdens. We're supposed to swap burdens. Here's the thing. You know, John, John Gray, this is for you. John always says, oh, I love visual illustrations. And so I'm like, this is for you. So you can remember it, hey, because it's like dialed into your brain now because there's balloons, <laughs> right? But here's the thing. Jesus says, my burden is easy and my yoke is light. And we'd go and pick it up, <laughs> but we're still carrying the weight of the world that we've collected along the way. Truth is, it doesn't matter how light something is, a balloon or a feather. If you add a balloon or a feather to your existing stack of weight, you haven't actually decreased your weight at all. You haven't decreased your burden at all. Even if the thing you have picked up is the best thing in the world, it still adds more weight to your total burden. I think it's so important that we continue to go on this journey of actually looking at what does it look like 
to not just try and tag Jesus and his ways on to the life we're trying to create that looks like the world's way, but actually we continue learning to give over all of the things that actually crush us and weigh us down and burden them, that we think have value, that's why we hold on to them, but actually at the end of the day, in the eternal grand scheme of the way God created us to live and function and exist, add no value. Friends, here's a question. It's not a superficial question. Think about it, but, you know, even in this moment, what is it that you're holding on to that's weighing you down that you need to let go of? I mean, let's be easy on ourselves. Don't create a whole list (laughs) as easy as it would be. But just think, like in this moment, you know, ask the Holy Spirit, you know, what is it that I'm holding onto that is weighing me down and is stopping me from experiencing the fullness of life and the joy of the easy yoke that you promised we could experience in Scripture? You know, I was thinking about the different places that we can pick up weight along our journey. You know, I was thinking we collect our own bricks of burden along the way. I mean, for every one of us, our experience will be very unique. Um, no, no cookie cutter human experiences. Uh, we all experience this world through a very different lens. But we all pick up bricks along the way. We collect our own hurts and points of sadness. You know, and these points of brokenness distort the way that we see ourselves. They distort the way that we see God. We all carry unrealistic expectations, (laughs) chasing dreams that we think will fulfill us, but really when we get to the fulfillment, we're just there looking for the next thing to chase because they didn't fulfill us. We all pick up bricks along the way. I was thinking about like other people. We so often pick up burdens from those around us because if we say like the bricks we pick up, the reality is we're like surrounded by other people that are picking up their own burdens as they walk through this experience of life, right? And so like we're running and meeting into people that are carrying their own burdens. It reminded me, I've told this story before, but I I worked at this place where uh, we used to just do these random things at lunchtime for fun. Like someone would have an idea and we'd just do it. And so what someone had the idea of like, let's have a running race, but it's a handicap race where everyone has to carry exactly the same weight up to the heaviest person in the race. So like if you were the lightest, you had to carry the weight to equal so you were the same weight as the heaviest person in the race. And um, we decided that... Uh, it was going to be like two lengths of a football field. So that was the length of the distance. Now, I was probably near the lighter end of the scale. At the time, I probably like weighed around 65 kgs. And the guy at the top of the scale uh, weighed 120 kgs, right? So there was like a significant differential. Um, and so, the, you know, as I said, I had the backpack on, it had bricks, it had gym weights, um, I had dumbbells in each hand, and, uh, and we had a race. Guess who didn't win? <laughs> I tell you, like, I can remember 
that like the pain in my legs and the instant buildup of lactic acid at the end of that. I wasn't running straight. I was like hunched over and it wasn't a run. Like it was an absolute stagger as the weight of the world crushed me down as I tried to carry a weight that this other person was very, very comfortable carrying. He had a friend that could carry. But me carrying what he could carry easily was actually very, very difficult. And I think, you know, in life we do that. You know, we look around us and so often we try and live up to other people's expectations. You know, we we see the way, even with our spirituality, we we sort of look out and we we see other people and we think, oh man, that's the way it's supposed to be and we have role models, but then we, we see it through the lens of our own brokenness and there's something about us that we try things, but we try them in the wrong way and it just weighs us down. But Jesus didn't come to weigh anyone down. He came to take the burden off and offer us a yoke that was light and easy. You know, when we don't have good boundaries in life, when our emotional hygiene isn't up to scratch, you know, we can say yes to far too many things that we shouldn't. And we're weighed down. The backpack of our soul is burdened by the weight that other people can add to us. We have our weight. We sometimes over time pick up the weight of others. We haven't even talked about the weight of the world, right? (laughs) I mean... Let's talk about the world for a second. That sucker, hey, it's not trying to lighten your load, is it? It's trying to suck every dollar out of your back pocket, selling you things that promises will fulfill, you know, your greatest dreams, but actually it's just smoke and mirrors. But so often because we're absorbed in this world that promises, massively overpromises and seriously underdelivers, we find ourselves carrying burdens and weights and seriously, this stuff adds up over time. I was just, think of all the isms. I wrote a list. Here, here's one that the world promotes, individualism, right? That's a brick we need to get out of our, like, backpacks. The, this whole idea that we're supposed to live self-centered lives rather than Christ-centered lives, right? Self-centered lives rather than lives that look out to ask, how can we use what we've been given to serve humanity and love? The brick of individualism is crushing, Here's one, another ism. Um, The brick of capitalism. You know, we love to try and sneak that into the gospel sometimes, eh? Like, you know, God wants you to prosper. That's like, yeah, He does. But the minute we make that a money message, we've probably missed the point of what Jesus was talking about. But in a world that says, build your own empire, create your own quarter acre paradise. You know, we all need a place to live and there's nothing wrong with stuff, right? It's not owning stuff that's an issue, but it is an issue when stuff owns us. And it is an issue when our primary focus is building our own kingdom and paradise rather than building the kingdom of God and enjoying the paradise He wants us to expect, uh, experience. Here's another one, consumerism. Oh my goodness, aren't they disgusting words? (laughs) But we get like screamed these things every single day as we go through our lives. You know, so often we're told, man, you should find your value. You should find your identity, right? In the stuff that you have in your possessions. But God says, no, no, you should never find your identity in stuff. You should find it in me and who I am and who I say you are. (laughs) Here's another one, workaholism, (laughs) right? When we find our identity and value 
in what we do, when we find our identity and self-worth in our performance, rather than realizing our true identity comes from the performance of Christ. We aren't what we do. We are who Christ says we are. And because we are who he says we are, he was willing to give it all so that we would know we can live completely in his presence for all eternity. And he says this, he says, come on, my burden is easy, my yoke is easy. But we have to let go of the stuff if we want to experience it. And I wanted to start here, like prequel to this theme we're starting called Practicing the Way. Because if we don't start to just, or not start, but continue leaning into what it is to put things down, then actually following Jesus will just become another burden. And we won't experience the fullness of life and the lightness of his yoke. I was thinking about this. You know, why do we find it so hard? Why do we hold on to the things we hold on to so tightly and for so long when God promises to give us everything? Have you ever thought about that? Like you read verses like, you know, the man that seeks to live his, uh, the man who seeks to find his life will lose it. But he who loses his life for my sake will find it. It's like, I don't know if you read those verses or what they do, but I'm just like, oh, that on paper, it seems like it makes so much sense. Cool, all I have to do is like lose what I think my life should be in my own strength. And in that track section of, you know, losing what I have and trusting God, I gain everything. (laughs) It seems so simple, but I don't know about you, but I often find that really difficult. As I go through this life, I find that actually I still hang on to so many things. God says, oh, give that to me. It's not yours to carry. And I'm like, no, these are my bricks and they're so valuable. And deep down in your heart, you know, I can't take this with me into eternity. But we still hold on to these bricks so tightly. And in doing so, we never free the hands of our soul to really be able to pick up the lightness and the hope and the life and the freedom and the joy and the righteousness that God wants us to experience in the Holy Spirit. I was wondering, like, why do we find it so hard? I reckon one reason, like on one hand, we have to acknowledge we all carry on some level a distorted sense of self. You know, as we've been carrying all these bricks, there's hurts and pains that we do carry. And we come into a place like this, or we come into the public, and we're so good at just showing people our facade, the shiny, polished version of us, the, the version of us we think that people can love, but we hide the real person that we are behind closed doors. But here's the thing. God doesn't care about your facade. He never has. He likes the broken little building on the inside. (laughs) He didn't die for our fake facades where we're pretending to be someone or further along the journey than we are. He didn't come for that. He came to bring life and do a deep restoration job of the broken little building in the depth of our soul. When we think that 
following in the way of Jesus is about doing activity, we can so fall into the trap of like performance-based act, performance-based spirituality. But it's not at all. It's about actually understanding that the practices are not the end in themselves. They're just a means to an end. And the end is that we would know what it is to actually have God restore the broken building of our soul. And not just have him restore it, but inhabit it. For it to become a place that is full of life. Not just a life that we can create, but actually a life that he infuses into it. I think another, you know, that's one of the reasons that we struggle to put down our bricks. (laughs) Because we need our bricks to create the facade. I think another reason that we struggle to put down our weight to pick up the easy yoke is this. We've got a distorted image of God, you know, and His character. You know, through our own brokenness, we look through the broken lens to God, and because we know who we are truly, we struggle to really believe that God could see us the way He says He sees us. So therefore, we create a version of what God really thinks about us based on our own vain imagining rather than reality. But I want to remind you something about the character and the nature of God this morning. These aren't my ideas. These are just a couple of spaces in Scripture that reveal to us what God is really like. The God that says, put down your burdens and your worries and your cares and your anxieties and your dreams. Lay it all down at my feet and I will give you my yoke, which is easy. Come and let your soul find rest in me. The character of this God is like this. You know, Luke chapter 11, I'm just going to read a few out. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give you a scorpion? You know, this word isn't written there, but it's implied, isn't it? No. (laughs) If then you... Who, I mean, in this vision here, it says, you who are evil, I want to tone that down because I don't feel evil, but that's what the Bible says right here. It's like, even you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more would the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit freely to those that ask? God wants to give you good gifts. There's no snakes or scorpions hiding in the will of God in regards to how He's wanting to approach you. God loves you. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 8 and 7, it says this. It says, beloved, right? You know, that's how you're being addressed. Beloved. I mean, that's one of those weird words that I say. I'm just like, Ugh. <laughs> you know, because it's like, it's, it's mushy. But I'm like, I can't avoid it. If God wants to call us as His children, beloved, I'm just like, all right, I got to get over myself eventually. You know, all right, what is it? Heavenly Father, Divine Daddy, what do you want to say? It's like, beloved, let us love one another, for God is love. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. For anyone who does not love does not know God. Why? Because God is love. We can trust Him. Love is part of His very essence and nature and character. James 1, chapter uh, chapter 1, verse 17, it says this. It says, every good gift... And every perfect gift from above is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, of whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. We've got to get a correct image of who God is. 
rather than just seeing Him through our cracked, distorted lens. We've got to get a correct image of the way God sees us rather than seeing ourselves through our pain and points of deep sadness. The thing is, like, it doesn't mean life will always be easy. Jesus never promised life would be easy, right? The amazing thing is that Jesus' yoke doesn't demand anything less of us. He just promises to help carry the weight with us. I know a guy, his name's Danny. It's not you, Danny. It's a different Danny. Sorry. Figures. (laughs) Um, This guy, Danny, you know, our relationship would be somewhere between um, acquaintance and friend um, in the middle there. Hung out a few times, had a couple of beers together, been around to his house. But Danny, he's the only person um, that I personally know that's ever walked to the top of Mount Everest. And uh, in meeting him and like hearing his story a few times, I just like, whenever I think of his story, I think of like the gospel story. Because I was sitting in his lounge once and I was just asking him questions because I was like, his story was so interesting and fascinating and I, was, I just want to know more about it. And, uh, you know, like he knew how to carry a burden. When he was training um, to walk up Mount Everest, he would put 30 kgs in a backpack. He, he literally just had bricks and he would wrap them up in tea towels and he'd go for a three-hour walk up Barnaco and the Richmond Ranges. Like that, that was his training um, for climbing Mount Everest. But I was sitting in his lounge and he was telling me the story, which had like heaps and heaps of setbacks. It took him two times to climb the mountain. He was on the mountain the day the Kathmandu earthquakes hit, <laughs> the deadliest day that ever existed on the mountain, he was on it. He was on the last chopper ride off the mountain. Um, He was up at a base camp above, I think like camp one or two. And uh, when he got down to base camp, his tent was gone and avalanche had passed it. Like if he hadn't been up in that place, he would have never walked off that mountain. But then he didn't let that stop him. He went back years, a few years later and actually successfully summited the mountain. But I'm sitting in his lounge, hearing his story, just chatting. And he's like, I want to show you something. And he goes to the top of his um, bookshelf in the corner and he picks up as just a stone about the size of a fist. He's like, here, catch. I caught it. <laughs> and uh, he's like, you know what that is? I'm like, I can guess. He's like, yeah, that is the summit of Mount Everest. One of the uh, Sherpas that had gone up with him when they're at the very, very top, took the top of the mountain and said, here, take this home. That's a gift. And I love that because here's the thing. I've held the top of Mount Everest in my hands and I didn't have to carry the crushing weight that he did to go through the journey. But that's the example that we see in Christ. It's like, This is what Christ offers us in Him. But He calls us to leave that behind. Christ, the Son of God, who had all things, came down from the summit of the heavenly mountain to join us in the shadows so that we could experience the life of the summit without having to carry the crushing burden 
So as we explore this theme, I actually, I wrote a conclusion because I was like, I want to tie this up real succinctly. <laughs> like, because you know me, sometimes I'm not very succinct. <laughs> I'm like, no, here's my conclusion today. I want to read the verse again and then frame the journey that we're going to take over the next three months. Matthew 11, 29 to 13, Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. As we embark on this theme of practicing the way, I think it's so important that we keep the secret of the easy yoke front and center. I think it's so important that we keep the character of Christ front and center. Spiritual practices, they're not a list of things to weigh us down with more ought to's and should do's, but the practices do exist. Oh, sorry, the practices don't exist to perform some form of spiritual elitism that endorses performance-based spirituality. Because we know this, our hope's not found in our performance, but in the complete and eternal work of Jesus Christ. Rather, this list of spiritual practices that we're going to explore exists so that we can prayerfully and experientially explore which of these practices brings us into a greater awareness and sensitivity to the presence of God in and through every facet of our lives. Jesus himself engaged in these practices as part of his preparation. They come with an air of authenticity. And it's from that vantage point with Christ as our exemplar and the Holy Spirit as our present day guide that we're seeking how we can best invest all of our time and energy of both mind and body. So by exploring and experimenting and engaging in these practices, we can discover a clear path and concrete steps to walk in the ways of Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I'm gonna ask the hosts, uh, to come and just pass, they're going to pass some buckets through the rows this morning. And uh, I want everyone in the room just to take a balloon out of the bucket. So that as you go about your week, I want to encourage you this week to put this balloon in your pocket. Or if you want to, you can blow it up, leave it in your car, maybe leave it in your kitchen. But make sure this balloon goes with you this week. Because here's the thing, his burden is easy, his yoke is light. And in the same way that balloon comes alive when it's filled with our breath, we come alive when we're full of the breath of God. In the same way that balloon, you know, is designed to be held in our hand, we were designed to live our life held in the caring and gentle and loving hand of God. So I wanted to give you a balloon so that this week, no matter where you go, that this week, no matter what you go through, this week, no matter how distracted you might come, there'll be something with you that reminds you of the chat we've had this morning. That Jesus invites us to put down the weight that we pick up 
the way that we collect from ourselves, from others, and from the false narrative the world gives us. And He invites us every single day of our life to pick up His yoke, which is easy and light so that our souls would find peace. Does that sound good? Awesome. All right. I'm going to pray for us. And then our Willie and Crystal, they're just going to lead us. Why don't you stand to your feet this morning? I'm going to lead us in the song, I Exalt Thee. And as they do, let's make this a time, I guess, of like a, I guess, contemplative reflection where we ask the Holy Spirit, what is it that I need to start letting go of? You know, as we start to figure out how we can pick up more of the practices and ways of Christ, we've got to put down that stuff. I want to encourage you to go easy on yourself. (laughs) Don't go from zero to hero. It's just about continually being faithful, starting small, starting simple, but being faithful. Every single day learning to put the weight that we carry that burdens us down, that adds no value or life to us in Christ. I want to pray for us as we embark on this journey of practicing the way. God, we thank You so much for the time that we've been able to share together. And uh, in this moment as we sing the song, I exalt Thee, it really is, again, a fresh way of us just fixing our attention off what our attention might have wandered to and just stray back to who You are. You are the centre of our worlds. You are the anchor of our soul. And God, we want to continue learning what it is to put down the burdens and weights we collect along the way so that we can pick up your yoke and know what it is to walk down your path. I pray for every single one of my friends that are here this morning, that as they head out the doors today, as they head into their week, that they would know what it is just to have moments where they're able to lay those bricks down pick up your yoke afresh. That these verses that we read wouldn't just be ideas we know about in theory, but that we would increasingly know what it is to experientially experience the peace, the joy, and the righteousness and the Holy Spirit that you promised. We thank you for that. We thank you that in this journey, we're never alone. You're always with us, within us. And we thank you for that. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info or visit our website.